This is The New Digital Customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming and innovating customer experience. And now your hosts, the CEO of Brightloom, Adam Brotman, and Chief Product Officer, Ben Straley. Hey, everybody. I'm Ben. I'm Adam. Hey, uh, we are really excited to have uh, Shane Atchison joining us here today on the podcast. Shane is CEO North America at Wonderman Thompson and has over 25 years of experience in the advertising and digital marketing industry. Welcome, Shane. Hello, hello. Thank you for uh, welcoming me to the show, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you, Shane. Thanks for uh, spending uh, some time with us. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your current role, and uh, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I've uh, you know I, I run a fairly large uh, digital advertising and, and content and technology and commerce company uh, called Wonderman Thompson. Uh, I've been in digital services since uh, 1994 when I was in, in University of Washington, uh, back when the web started, and started a couple digital agencies. Really spent my entire career on you know on optimizing businesses to take advantage of technology and the relationship with with customers uh and partners uh so it's never been a more exciting time and and uh and you know i just love that that blend of kind of human interaction and how technology can enable uh relationships as well that's great um and and when you say uh a, a large can you give us a feel for the sort of breadth and and scope of the of the agency and the kind of uh companies you work with yeah, we're. I mean, we're we're, you know, we're about five thousand employees in North America. We have thirty three offices. Um, each office is anywhere from two hundred people to, to eight hundred people. Um, we're part of WPP, which is the largest advertising uh, company on the planet. Uh, clients range from uh, consumer brands like uh, you know, ranging from a Samsung and a Rolex uh, to technology companies like Microsoft um, to you know to healthcare companies. Uh, to auto brands, to airlines. So pretty much every industry sector uh, we cover. Um, we have a data business. We have a technology business. We do a lot of systems integration. Uh, we do uh, mobile app design and development uh, for a lot of live sport, which thank goodness, uh, you know, my third train, I can, I can kind of look over my shoulder here during the podcast and see what's going on with NBA hoops. Um, and uh and then you know we do a lot of content, uh, both live content and uh, and evergreen content for brands. That's awesome, hey, Shane. You know, you, on this podcast, we've been Ben and I have been talking about the the topic generally about you know just digital transformation, um, and then the acceleration that happened with the with COVID, obviously around digital. But you know, the, you are somebody, and I, you know, we met years ago, and you're you know one of the um, most prominent examples of someone who's been a part of the, you know, this digital wave that's been going for 20 years now. Um, I, I remember when we met, that was, you know, you were, you know, it might've been 10 years ago when we met, which is funny because even then you were sort of a, a veteran uh, in the space and, and there weren't that many. And so you've seen it all. You've had a front row seat to this uh, from, you know, I call it, you know, the, the Amazon and the original dot-com era through web 2.0 to, you know, the mobile revolution, the cloud revolution. And, you know, before COVID, can you give, the, you know, our listeners and us a sense of, you know, what were you seeing, you know, going as, as 2019 was coming to an end and 2020 was taking off? Like, 
where were things in your mind in terms of the you know state of the art on digital and then also like what you know what did what happened with covid and what did you start to notice that got accelerated 2019 that's the way back machine <laughs> yeah um let me let me pause there in the before and remember that <laughs> um uh you know we really 2019 and i would say entering into 2020 uh the conversation was was dominated by um customer experience design um and innovation uh and that you know that ranges from uh you know what we what we you know what we call broken windows uh where where there's you know there, there's customer experiences that just don't make sense from a consumer standpoint um, but maybe from the brand standpoint the silos of an organization or of legacy systems, um, you know, that those connection points just don't make sense. Um, and, and so we spent you know, a lot of time you know, really at the beginning of this year, you know, working with, I mean, literally creating, uh, you know, essentially user experience journey maps and data exercises and recording video and doing primary research and taking boards uh, literally, you know, public company boards and their executive teams of those companies through a customer journey and having them, you know, literally you know, go through the manifestation of a, of a broken experience to get, you know, the, the real world example to motivate um, the change and motivate the uh, really the, the prioritization of a corporate initiative to say, we've got to make a change here that it doesn't neatly stack into somebody's functional responsibility. It may cross over. You know, a care, a customer care, and a sales experience, and a product experience, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no one person that carries that through. You know, if you'd asked me in, you know, in, you know, even probably even January, you know, you know what, you know, what's next for a chief marketing officer? Mm-hmm. I would say, um, in their in their career, I would say, you know, I, every chief marketing officer should be aiming at um, chief experience officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a new function, as a new role uh, that does really blend these, and you know, Ben and Adam, you, I think you both have so much personal experience that that uh, I don't even know. Maybe you guys have had that role before, but you know, I, you know, my argument in early part of this year was, you know, when I talked to CMOs, I said if you get that chief experience officer role defined, you fill it yourself. Your next job is a CEO. And yeah. I think that's a pretty pretty logical path in my mind to move from chief marketing officer to the chief experience offer, officer to to CEO, because you really then are crossing you know, really the entire business, keeping the you know the customer at the center, which I think you can never go wrong with. Yeah, that's by the way, and I want I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, because I was I was chief digital officer at Starbucks, and then I was chief experience officer at J Crew. Um, which is interesting because the CMO and the CDO at J Crew reported into me as chief experience officer. To to your point, and in Ben and I have even talked about, and I think this is to you exactly where you're going. That the chief there's there's chief customer officers that are out there, which is kind of the same thing as chief experience officer. I think the way you you mean it, and I, I agree. It's like draw the customer in the middle of a whiteboard, and draw all the touch points from the brand to the customer and back, and that's how the the customer sees the world. That's how the brand should work, and that's the most important role in a lot of ways, um, maybe outside the CEO in a company is sort of thinking about putting yourself in the shoes of the customer. Yeah, that's exactly right, Adam. And, and, and you know, and so we, you know, we, you know, we spent a lot of time uh, over the last couple of years, you know, focusing on breaking and fixing those, those, those broken windows. And I'll, I'll give you an example that may seem like a long time ago, but 
you know, you think about you know where the friction points are of customer dissatisfaction, and 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 you know, I I have a you know, we have a working hypothesis that we that we continually uh, test and learn on, which is that friction point between what a consumer experience is and what an employee experience is. That 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 might be one of the the biggest causes of friction. If you go, uh, if you think about going to an airline ticket counter, going you know way back to that to that uh, those scenarios when you went to public air, you know, when you went to the airports, uh, <laughs> right. rather than staying in your home uh, or going for walks, uh, you've got a beautiful interface in most airlines' mobile apps. Right, you can see the seats, you can see the meals, you can select seats, you can pay for upgrades. You can move your seats. You can even change your flight without having to talk to a human. But if you're at that airport and for some reason your app is not you know, enabling you to do what you want, and you you know and you do that you know, that march, it's like you just watch yourself taking those steps forward, and you're like almost hesitantly going to that counter, and then you ask that question of that agent uh, from the airline behind the the ticket counter or the check-in counter. And, and at least in my experience, you know, as you form your question, before that question is fully articulated and out of your mouth, that person is heads down, banging away on the keyboard, clickety-clacking in a way that you're, you're like, this feels tense. This feels like anxiety is rising. This feels like a furious moment, uh, is what my inner board says. And, and, you, and I always wonder, just the geek in me always wonders, why are they typing so many keystrokes? All I'm asking is, can I get to sit next to my friend or my family member? And I can see on this map on my phone and my app that there's a seat available, but that button isn't working for whatever reason. And I think that tension uh, is because you know, the digital uh, transformation that you know that an airline has has invested so aggressively in over the last 20 years uh, plus has really been in service of the consumer. But where, you know, but where is that digital transformation for the employee of that airline who's serving that consumer? And right. I think when that lags, I think that also is, is a big friction point. And so, again, putting the, the customer at the center and then saying, okay, how do you surround them with people that are enabled with the data, the empowerment to act on the data as an employee of the company serving that customer I think, you know, if, if, you, if I were doing this podcast at the beginning of this year, I would be really pushing on that. Um, that point is kind of most phase, you know, the second wave of you know, first fix the broken window, windows externally, second fix those you know, broken experiences where the, where the employee lags the consumer. Have you noticed, by the way, on, have you noticed that that, that the, I mean, obviously because of COVID, the priorities and the focus and everything has changed in a lot of ways. Did you, was it just like in an instant, did, did a lot of the, did, did the scope of the work that you were getting and the, the, the focus and priorities of your clients just swiftly change to something else from that? Cause that is really important. I mean, what you're saying, I mean, Ben and I can really relate to back in our Starbucks days, you know, that was, we used to hear that all the time. We do, you know, Ben and his team, frankly, uh, and, and, a, and a, and a big cross-functional team, including Starbucks Technology, developed this incredible app. And then we would hear all the time from the partners, which is what Starbucks calls its 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 people, uh, that why can't you know why can't we have something as cool for scheduling labor and you know administrating our tasks and ordering food and doing things like that 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 the consumer has? And it's a really good point. Um, but 
but just when COVID hit, did that, did those priorities, did the sort of broken windows, CX, CXO kind of focus, did it change or did it tamper down or what, what happened come March and April? Yeah. So there, there, maybe there's a, there's a third part of CX that, that for the last two years was a trend, which was, um, beyond, you know, beyond, fi- you know, fixing the customer experience and the employee experiences, you know, there's you know, kind of almost a third team looking, you know, two to four years out and doing innovations uh, of the future uh, experiences. And, and, and those are really the, you know, the true, you know, growth mindset type, type um, um, scenarios that, that, that definitely a board would be thinking about and improving those types of investments. Those were the first to stop when COVID hit, right? right. There was no conversation about two to four years out, right? It was about, how do we how do we keep the wheels on on the machine? How do we keep money flowing through the system? How do right. we enable our employees? Um, so, so in many ways, you know, the employee experience that second that second part of, of, of customer experience that really the, the employee experience, you know, kind of move right to the top, right? And 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 making sure that your employees who now you know are are, are remote, how do you how do you work in it? You know, the fancy term that we use is you know, a distributed operating model, um, which is really quite simple. Which is, you know, how, how does everybody work together when they're all remote? And and so certainly, um, you know, this you know, the platforms that mattered changed dramatically, right? Zoom is a platform, Teams is a platform, right? And we would, you know, I, I don't think we would have conceived of that uh, in this way even six months ago. Right, that the video, uh, live video, is you know is you know is a hub that you can start to build services and experiences on top of that. And oh, interesting. You mean for the for the employees of the of the brand? Yeah, employees yeah. For, the, for the brand, and and we've been you know we've been looking at at, at both for brands and even for the only, for agency um, concepts, and we've been doing test and learns around um, you know what I call specialization at scale, um, where you think about um, access, you know, accessing the, 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 you know, the best in the world talent at certain topics before the friction to find that person inside of your company and then get their attention and get their time. It was pretty extraordinary. And you'd have to you know, spend, you know, a week or two finding that person, you know, two to four weeks to get on their schedule. And then maybe they would be in your city. And, and so we've been, we've been you know, putting our experts, whether it be on, you know, search engine optimization or on platforms like TikTok or, um, you know, or, or technology platforms like um, Azure, uh, Sarah, they have almost, you know, they have their experts on demand via Microsoft Teams or via Zoom so that if you're working in a group in a distributed way, you can, you know, you almost have office hours like, like the old professors did in university where you know they're available and their job becomes, you know, you know, even more tuned to their expertise that they're the best in the world at, right? If you're, you know, if you're the mindset of I'm you know, on a path and, and really on a, on a career journey to be the best in the world mm-hmm. at, a, at a certain function, I, you know, we believe that the, that if we can, you know, we as leaders of, 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 you know, a services company can really clear their time to only spend, you know, spend as much of their time optimized for, um, sharing their knowledge and going deeper into the knowledge they have on the topic that they're best at, then and if their day is spent on that, there probably is a better day, and the employment 
employee satisfaction will be greater. Um, the retention of those employees will be better. And maybe, you know, maybe the new normal for those specialists inside of a company, uh, whether it be an agency like mine or an enterprise client of ours, um, maybe their day is not <clears throat> about the commute or about the business travel, but it's about you know, optimizing for their specialization. And really, really don't care where they live as long as they're available. And then navigating to those people, whether it be an on-demand type environment or a scheduled environment, um, is is maybe you know, how you bring bring down the friction on that front. And so, do you see that? That's really interesting. And so, do you see? Um, uh, further innovation and sort of expansion or refinement of the of the video experience is being something that is really starting to emerge or, or will emerge. Um, yeah, clients yeah. you're working with and also internally. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. Um, I mean, I, I I would say the the you know, certainly you know, as as you know, as a leader of an agency that has you know, multi year relationships with clients at the enterprise level. We spend a lot of time and effort and money um, traveling to go see clients. Yeah. You know, a year ago, if we said, no, we're not going to come to you, we're going to just jump on a video, that would almost be disrespectful. It certainly would be uh, close to a second-class way to treat somebody. And that's changed, right? That's that's the norm now. Um, you know, the, the you know, turning off video right now, you almost have to apologize to do that. <laughs> and a year ago, I would have been like, Who's that? Who's who's that Wizard of Oz behind the screen? He was right. Really traveled to come see us. Um, so you think about um, you know, say the sales experience, right? Especially enterprise sales, right? That that you know the the amount of just uh, interactions that can be enabled through not having to travel and go through all those transitions of the day to go from one meeting to the next. Um, you know, highly optimized, you know, for that. Yeah. For video to be in that place. Um, telemedicine, you know, certainly, uh, you know, research, um, you know, customer support, um, management, you know, I've got 33 offices, as I said earlier, and you know, there's, you know, there's, there's nothing better than moving through the day and, and being able to, to time travel, um, through yeah. video and, 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 and have that be, you know, a, a primary, um, first class experience. Yeah, it's it's interesting listening to you. It reminds me of um, we had uh, Annie Young Scrivener on, who's the CEO of Godiva, um, in a previous podcast. And one of the things that she talked about was the innovation that was happening or is happening at Godiva. And and she gave this really interesting example of I think she called it social shopping, uh, but it was essentially this idea of store managers or store employees at a particular store essentially. Uh, creating their own version of a QVC sort of um, show uh, where they were talking about and presenting uh, a particular uh, a brand or product um, uh, from a local store uh, through video and through social medium. And so um, listening to you talk about sort of video and how it's transforming your business and the business of your clients, it's also really interesting to think about um, that trend as it applies to these very localized uh, businesses. And I know you've talked some about um, hyper-local being something that is also uh, a trend and something that you're starting to see uh, reemerge. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think hyper-local is a, 
it's a funny term and, and, uh, and you know, I reluctantly use it, but, but it, um, the norms, right. The norms of, of, uh, of our lives, of our cities, of our, of our, what we talk about at work you know, have radically changed this year. And the norms are very different, uh, across markets, whether it be inside the United States or North America region, which I have responsibility for or global. And, um, you know, we're in conversations with our clients and, and with, you know, with our, uh, with our various markets around returning to the offices, you know, that, that scary, that scary concept. Uh, and I don't mean to patronize that, but it's, it is scary and it is you know, highly personal. And so, you know, what you can say in New York versus uh, Kansas city versus Portland, Oregon, uh, if you're a, you know, a, a brand or an agency, um, you have to be very careful with, you know, being, you know, addressing the tone of those markets and what's acceptable with the, the local governments, uh, the local schools and the local culture and, and never you know, in my career has, has the need and the, and the opportunity for being local with your communications been more relevant. And, and I think that's also a great canvas for test and learns, right. To be able to, to go into market with a new idea. And, and just, you know, and just hit, you know, five zip codes, right. Yeah. Or one area code and say, okay, how did that land? And then expanding that out, you know, as you see the success, you know, propagate moving more and more of your markets you know, to, to those, to those areas. Um, so I think that, you know, I think that's, that's important. I think um, the data, right. To be able to understand who you're communicating to and, and how do you find those audiences and how do you make sure mm-hmm. your communications are, cordon off you if you will to protect the brand and protect your your message um so that they're appropriate right that is a huge conversation daily right now is is you know, what data do you have what data do you have permission to use how do you both safely yet aggressively you know, go after market uh, or market new markets um you know at the beginning of covid right there was you know essentially a quiet period for almost every brand where it was like almost insane to think about putting a campaign in market, yeah, right? right? You would be tone deaf and, and, and that, that being you know, very much something to be careful about. Um, no performance. Yeah, that, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That, that's a really interesting topic because what, you, what you're saying, I hadn't really thought about that. Like the, the idea of where we've been since beginning of March, basically, certainly since the middle of March, we've been, in these sort of different eras, but they've been collective eras of like quarantine. And, and then there was a significant um, overlap uh, and intertwining with black lives matter and, and the sort of social justice unrest that came out. And, um, and then now there's going to be this like political season and there's also uh, COVID is still, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, at, at, a, at a sort of a, the same in the same place in the country. It's not really because some places are much better than others, but the truth is, it's generally still a place where you know people have concerns about schools and whatever. So you basically have these sort of general themes. And what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, is that there's a lot of thought that brands have to put in now, probably for the next year, into being thoughtful and smart uh, and local and, and cordoned off about what they say so that they don't, they don't 
they're not tone deaf or irrelevant or off the mark in such an obvious way in one part of the country with one group of people versus another, which yeah. is, which is always the case, but it's, you know, that's, what's interesting, right? And it's always been the case that you should do that, but, but it's now there's all these new dynamics around it. Yeah. I'll, I'll just to build on that for one second, Adam, you know, you could even go several steps further, which is for a lot of these businesses, they're not open everywhere. Uh, and, and it's almost a, like you said, Shane, it's a, almost like a zip code by zip code consideration where for either for labor reasons or public health reasons or, you know, market reasons, uh, businesses may not even be operating or they may be operating on a very limited basis. And so you sort of overlay that on top of these concerns around tone and and message and, and all of that, uh, the only thing you really can rely on at that point is having really good data uh, to sort of shape and guide the approach that you're taking. And so I, this is the question that kind of that, that this leads me to for you, Shane, is to what extent are these concerns and these questions, are these things that your clients are bringing to you to help them figure it out? Or does it really you and your team are kind of out in front thinking, thinking ahead, looking forward and really sort of guiding many of these companies that you work with, um, through the, yeah, through these I, I, give myself a I give myself a tagline every year just to make fun of myself. And, and this year's tagline is when answered in either or an asked in either or question, I answer with both. Um, and I think that's a, a, appropriate here Yeah, that we, we are certainly, uh, have enough signal, uh, from the, you know, from our scale to be able to, to learn, you know, from one industry to another and, and what we've done, uh, I think, by design this year is you know, we do Friday briefings where it's a it's a thirty minute uh, you know, video where um, two to four of our thought leaders will share you know, what we're learning uh, from one industry to another, and we don't share anything that's that's private to a to a, you know, a company or to a consumer. But there's some best practices that we think are very uh, you know, very good to share and to learn from each other. That's so all sharing. all of your clients can log in or clients are invited and right. our employees and our partners. Oh, cool. So, so that, that the speed at which we can do that, right. We, we, we did a test one, you know, one early Friday during COVID and we had a thousand people sign up. And then the next Friday we had 2000 show up and the next Friday we had 3000. And it was about 50, 50 split of employees and, and, and clients and very few prospects. And then, we started to connect them, you know, clients to each other and just said, Hey, we're going to, we're just, we're going to be just connectors and, and maybe put us loose framework for conversations. Can, so, can you, can you, can you give us a, um, a nugget from something? Yeah. Recently? yeah. Like just, if you think about like, you know, one of the sessions where like a good car, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't want to get any, you know, I know you need to be a client or an employee of uh, Wonderman to, to take advantage of that. But if you could share a nugget with us, it'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, you mentioned Black Lives Matter, Ben, and and you know, there you know, there were brands putting you know, putting all lives matter into markets. Yeah, um, and that was not okay. And we had the data to look to show social sentiment. Um, we certainly had our very strong opinions, um, but there, you know, there were. There, you know, there, you know, there are brands. You know, I would say not today, but there, you know, there certainly were brands two months ago that that had not understood how radical that distinction is between 
respecting black lives and, and, and turning that into a, an all lives conversation. So we shared that, um, that, you know, a couple of brands that, that had you know, really took an early stand for black lives matter and what they, you know, what their discussions were internally, what they had learned. Um, we brought a lawyer in uh, from one of the brands so that they could talk about the risk and the fears they had. And that feedback loop, in my opinion, was gold because it was an authentic yeah. conversation. It was highly relevant. It still is extremely relevant to, to every brand. And, and I think it was, you know, it was scary for us to, to put ourselves in the middle of, of, you know, a highly sensitive conversation, but also as, you know, as communicators, we think it's part of our, part of our mission uh, is to make sure that, you know, that we're communicating uh, to, to, to all relevant audiences to, uh, for every single brand that we work for. Um, so that, you know, I think that was very critical. Um, that's a great example. I think the, you know, I think the other part of just the, you know, the, the use of video, um, kind of pulling back a little bit is, is working back from the employee experience or for that matter, the customer experience and thinking, you know, thinking about being a, you know, pro essentially programming content, for those audiences, right? If you work back from an employee's perspective and say, okay, they're behind a screen for pick your number of hours, you know, six to 12 hours a day. Um, attention is very different now than it was three months ago, right? Three months ago, pretty much everybody on their planet was on point behind that screen because they were afraid you know, losing their jobs. Yeah. Right. And, and, and providing for their families and, as summer has hit and as some of that anxiety and fear has calmed down a bit, um, you know, you know, the, the modeling of it's okay to turn off your, your camera and have, you know, you know, an afternoon that is, you know, camera free or, you know, we've been programming content that is, you know, I call it inspirational and educational intersection content. And I want at least, you know, at least two to three you know, hours a week of content for our employees. It's not, directly about their job, but is relevant to their job. And, you know, and we're finding that content that has a, a, a live um, aspect to it so that there's a reason to, you know, to pay attention to be behind that screen because recorded video, I think is a danger zone for every brand, like massively. So because who wants to spend any more time yeah. looking at those screens. So I think, you know, what I, what I suggest for our, our clients and for our own, leaders and subject matter experts is how can you make content that's relevant enough that's going to get somebody's attention, to, you know, in the live moment, whether that be, you know, camera two and understanding the backstory of, you know, a creative process or, you know, hearing from a client, you know, we, you know, we've been doing uh, town halls with our, with our staff um, in video every, you know, every month. And before, you know, we would rotate their various cities and we'd be live in the city, but also broadcast that. And, now it's all you know remote video, and we'll have you know, clients on on the videos, and I'll interview them. But then we'll actually have them give a brief of something they're trying to, uh, something they're you know they're something aspirational for them, or something they're challenged with. And we'll crowdsource the agency and allow all five thousand people two weeks to come back with ideas. And we say to the client, if you give us the gift of your time and knowledge in a live video Q and A. You know, we'll come back to you with ideas in exchange for two more meetings. One is to hear the ideas and then two more, you know, and then to give us feedback. 
and then two more weeks for us to refine them. But you can either buy them or not. And we're finding that's just a great feedback loop of you know, really kind of evening out the playing field so that you know, all levels of our organization can hear from our clients, all levels of organization can contribute their ideas and their innovation. And, uh, and I think the clients are, especially the big clients you know, who are in big jobs, you know, they, they say to me, ah, this is what I, this is why I got into the marketing business is like, you know, I'm closer to the work. I'm closer to the creatives. I'm closer to the content folks. I'm closer to the technologists. So I think there's some human truth there that it's a through line that, you know, I'm thinking a lot about you know, how could you scale that and, and keep that, um, kind of that drumbeat going you know, long-term, not just you know, through this kind of COVID period, if you will. Have you seen any examples so taking that and but segueing on that same theme to the consumer, like and into the customer, have you? Because you're right, there is such an amazing opportunity for brands to do that to enhance and extend their customer relationship. So they all of a sudden, they just like you were saying the the coworker dynamics, productivity, tools, and relationship changed because of COVID. It had to. And so now there's things that got opened up, like you just mentioned, um, you know, these town halls and your sort of ability to sort of crowdsource things. And it's just awesome. Is there, can you think of any examples of maybe that you've seen recently where now the consumer is, is more receptive to, you know, either live, you know, having live interaction with the brand or having some other dynamic with the brand because of the the mode they're in right now, um, can have you seen anything like that, or can you think of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, in my house right now, there's you know, there's there's a bunch of camping gear because uh, my wife and four of her best friends uh, go on a camping trip with the kids every year, and uh, they don't allow their partners to go with them. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm one of the partners, so I've been uh, uh, I got to go one year, but that was nine years ago. Um, and three big boxes showed up to the house yesterday and they were unmarked and they were heavy and they had my wife's name on them. And I, I didn't open them. I was, you know, it's her, it's delivered to, to her. And then at dinner last night, I said, what were those boxes? And she said, Oh, I rented camping gear uh, for our trip. And I said, well, we already have a bunch of that gear. And she's like, this is better, uh, more suited to the trip we're going on. I also rented some for a couple friends who, um, one friend, you know, didn't, is not comfortable camping. The other friend thought it was too complicated. And so she's like, I, you know, I went to two different, uh, outfitters and had it shipped overnight and I've got boxes to send it back. And then, you know, she showed me, uh, she did buy a backpack from REI for $129 and super lightweight you know, backpack. And, and she has been reading me these emails she's been getting from REI about, you know, about the use of the backpack, the best practices of the backpack, mm. other, you know, other you know, consumers' points of view on how to use the backpack, uh, you know, asking about you know, what trip has she planned, is you know, anything they can do to assist on that. In other words, she, 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 and she got those emails after she bought the backpack. Yeah, and so that yeah. customer journey you know, really did, you know, started with the transaction and then, yeah. and then came on to then you know, build you know, a deeper, deeper relationship there and and – and I think that, you know, in the case of REI and that example, they earn that right at every, at every interaction. And, and, you know, my wife's done a ton of camping and I was really impressed with just how seeing, you know, her customer experience through, you know, through her eyes and how she not only got to 
learn more and, and have access to, to better gear at lower cost. But also you know, she got to be the champion to invite more friends that normally wouldn't go camping. Yeah. Uh, and a couple, you know, a couple couldn't afford to buy the gear. And so it was like, wow, you know, for, for you know, certainly less than a hotel room, you know, four families got outfitted for, for two nights of backpacking. And, and I think that accessibility uh, from the brand, you know, you could, you could call that, um, I wouldn't even say that's a, a, a COVID-related um, innovation. I think that's just really smart you know, brand building and smart uh, customer relationship building. Um, we are, you know, we are certainly seeing more um, more CRM programs and loyalty programs kind of come in uh, this last six months, and I think that that mindset of, of brands to say we're going to really focus on the fans and the customers that that have loyalty and have relationships. Um, rather than go chase, you know, new, you know, new customers. You know, that certainly is something. If you ask me, a trend that I predict for next year, uh, I think, I think, I think, you know, good old fashioned CRM is going to, you know, going to have another, another renaissance. Um, right. And I think, I think, I actually think COVID, with all the time that we've been spent behind screens and and all this pent up demand for experiences, I think, I think is going to be you know, certainly what we're seeing is a lot of investment in planning and strategies on that front. Yeah, Ben and I definitely, I mean, obviously we're, we're putting a lot of time and energy into sort of, you know, next generation CRM, if you will. And, and the, and I agree with you, I feel like there's, um, that was always kind of coming and something we always believed in, but, but now more than ever, I think a lot of, when, when you have to use digital as your primary way for now to engage with your customers versus acquiring new customers, I think there's a, I don't know, there's something about what we all went through together in the last six months that's been, it's accentuated the fact that, hey, I have these customers and they're, you know, for a while there, they were like, and they're just sitting at home and they're, and I can, I can reach them. Just like we all realized that everyone was picking up the phone again and everyone was reachable again for a while there, um, maybe even still now. And, and so I think there's a feeling my customers are in that same, if, if my friends and my family are suddenly answering the phone and I can reach them. And I, I think there's this sort of feeling of like, what about my customers? Like they're there. What am I doing to engage with them? And I, and so I agree with you. I, I really do feel like it was happening anyways. It was the most important thing anyways, but there's, there's something about like this, I like your, your, your word, the CRM renaissance. I, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that one from you. Please do. Please do. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the, I think the, um, the mindset of, of, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's marketing one-on-one, right. Is you know, your customers you know, being your number one source of referrals for the next customers and, and what's the next logical action for them. Um, I, I find myself interrogating that simple, marketing principle daily uh, in the last few months and saying, if we can just get one referral for every customer that's loyal, right. uh, we're probably going to be in a, you know, in a good spot. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that, that really is what's driving, driving a lot of, of these CRM programs and, and, and certainly loyalty schemes that are you know, continuing to expand. Um, and I think people are, you know, I think people are listening to each other more, right? And they certainly, Mm-hmm. Uh, con, you know, content. I I do a weekly email to all five thousand staff every Friday, and that's and usually it's just an insight from the week that we learned something we learned through you know through through interactions with our clients and their and their customers. And last Friday was just 
it was literally, I asked our top you know, 20 execs, what, you know, what do you, what's your reading list, your podcast list, your music list, your movie list for this weekend. And it was curated by, you know, by people that are trusted and, and relevant to each other. And I had 75 emails within an hour saying, thank you for that gift of sharing, uh, you know, a curation of content. Cause I'm, you know, I'm burned out. Um, you know, I geeked out last week. I'll, I'll own it here on this podcast, but I, I was, my family went to bed at 11 and I was, I was so bored from watching TV. I was like, for the first time in my life, I, you know, I called when there's, when, you know, when there's like a eight, one, 800 number for like a, you can buy this on the payment plan at three, you know, repayment, what it was, but I called it and I was like, I wonder if the, it was, it was like that, is that patch you know, that you can like, you know, if your boat had like a, yeah. Anger, the bottom you can patch the bottom of your boat and still go out <laughs> the day. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna get that as a joke. And I called the eight hundred number and it was disconnected. <laughs> oh <laughs> so my god. The next one that came up, I called again and it was like they couldn't serve the product in my market. And by the fifth one that night I was laughing only to myself going, this is a broken experience where these guys are spending money on TV ads. Yeah. Only you know trap you know trap people like myself are are calling in on but um right it's just it's just funny how 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 disconnected uh some of these use cases are and how common sense they are and and i think almost auditing uh yourself is also probably a best practice that every brand should look at yeah we we um we had a conversation last week on the podcast uh about empathy and and putting yourself in the in the customer's shoes and that um just the simple moments where you kind of step through uh, a process or an experience and really think about um, uh, how it how it's working or not working can be really enlightening uh, and something that um, uh, a lot of people in our field um, don't spend enough time doing. Um, and it's invaluable when you do do it. And I love the example you gave, Shane, about the REI experience with your wife, because um, I think that that sort of brings together the, some of the themes that you've talked about today. And also, you know, REI is a company uh, that um, does a really good job of understanding their customers at the level of, of data. Um, and that example of when you do do that, the kinds of experiences that you can unlock for the customer that lead to the kind of word of mouth and the referrals and the goodness that um, every marketer, every brand aspires to. Um, it's not easy, but it's also not complicated once you sort of boil it down um, uh, that way. And, and that that anecdote, that example is a really uh, great one. Um, so Shane, I, uh, I wanted to thank you uh, again for, for joining us today on the podcast. It's been awesome chatting. Um, your perspective and, and uh, experience and, and uh, insights into what's happening in the world of consumer marketing and also a lot of what you talked about in terms of how you're driving engagement um, among the team and adapting to a lot of these changing um, circumstance uh, at the scale that you're doing is uh, it's pretty remarkable. So thanks for, thanks for coming and uh, sharing your uh, wisdom and experience with us. Yeah. yeah thanks thank you. Great. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, just one last you know piece of advice that, that I try to practice myself every day is, um, have a positive outlook and keep trying because there, you know, there's so much opportunity 
in, in markets like this, that if you have a positive attitude and you try new things, you listen and take action. Um, it, you know, this is the time to take risk. This is the time to try new things. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Well, uh, thanks again for coming, Shane. And folks, that's our show for today. Stay tuned for next week when we're joined by another customer-focused leader. And until then, take care. Thanks, Shane. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B Straley.